Blog Talk Radio. Join we one more again for we show 
Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year, the Queen Quet head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad he wanted to turn in one more again this year, Kwanzaa, to we Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. This evening, we going to crack repeat, but this year, thing, what the old days are saying about money, cooperative economics. We going to crack repeat about Ujama. And this year, collective accountability in real community and things like that. Now, as Sonny could have yet in the song, the song hooks it for the love of money. You see, we ain't a crack we teeth for the love of money, which is the root of all evil. So let we not get that twist up and thing like that. Now, like we elders belong, we are in the Gullah Geechee Nation and want to understand Panisha Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station, understanding the greatest thing in the world. So you make sure wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom, but then all of us want to get, get understanding. So that's why we're going to crack we teeth this evening and help on understand what is your, then a sing about, but what we need for know about, not just just this your Kwanzaa, but going forward. And sometimes you have to do Sankofa, go back to the past in order to go back into the future. So we won't go back and fetch something. What we elders, we ancestors learn we. But first, we won't take a moment of silence for them as we keep uplifting to the living legacy and pay ancestral homage. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. So glad the hundred children are tuning in one more again and thing like that. We've been having one blessed up time this year. Kwanzaa season, year 2014. And we know this evening and thing like that. And hundred still light your kinara each evening. While hundred the yeti we put this year show, you should done light the black one for Umoja. You should have done gone to the left of that one and light the red one for the Kuja Jacqueline. You should done gone to the Right side, you steady, and light the next green one for Ujama. And this evening, Ujima, and this evening, we're going to light a next red one for Ujama. Okay, for cooperative economics and things like that. And we're so glad that the hundred children who've been to join me in the chat and things like that each and every evening. Thank you, thank you for all the guests. And rather was thank you, thank you to all the Facebook fans from the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page who to share the program and things like that. They ain't necessarily coming in the chat room, but you the Yeti, I'm there on the social media. And much less than one would have downloaded from iTunes and things, but share with the whole family and the whole community. We're so glad that this should take the going forward. So, but make sure everybody don't stand all around the world this evening and things like that. Like we've been to do all week, we gonna crack we teeth out the rest of the week. So we'll speak this way this evening, just so that everyone can truly understand the words I'm putting forth. And since we are focused this evening on a very critical, and in some cases, unfortunately, controversial aspect of the Nguzu Saba, the seven principles that make up this non-religious holiday, Kwanzaa, that goes on from December the 26th through to January the 1st. And it's interesting to me how many people are rushing in the new year as if they're going to do something new with it. Seems like people just like hearing that another year is upon them, so that they they walk around in hope. But it takes more than just mental hope or words for you to make changes. You have to have action. And so Ujama calls together 
the cooperative that I touched on a little bit last night so that you could understand how a cooperative has an economic component to it that a collective can but doesn't necessarily have to have. But today we are talking about putting on a shiny thing inside the party thing like that they get on. And we're talking about building and maintaining our stores, shops, and other businesses and to profit from them together. All right? So we're talking about stores, establishments, businesses, building them, maintaining them, supporting them so that we profit from them together. Now, let me emphasize supporting them because you really don't have the right, although some people have this sense of entitlement, to come to business owners that you don't support all year long to ask them to contribute to various fundraisers in the community. I don't care if that's as minor as asking for a dollar raffle ticket that you, you're selling to be purchased by the company or for them to sell the tickets at their particular establishment for you, or you're asking for a $100 plate dinner ticket or more than $100 in the cash outlay at an institution or festival and activity that you may be having as a fundraiser if you don't support those businesses throughout the year. Now, there are some businesses in our community that you probably are fortunate not to have to use all the time. For instance, the funeral parlor. For instance, the lawyer's office. We ain't trying to put you all out of business, but... We are fortunate when we do not have to use y'all on a regular basis. So I can under and overstand if you said, well, my goodness, and we want to ask them, you know, I'm wondering if we should or not. The same thing if there is a black-owned car dealership in your community, and we're going to get to talking about some of these cars that are now being produced in the motherland that are going to be test-driven and brought out into the streets in Ghana and Nigeria and other places during 2015. Now, the fact that those are in those countries coming out, we'll see if there are going to be any black-owned car dealerships in the U.S. that are going to pay the import price, number one, to bring such vehicles into America. And then let's see if any people who have the financial outlay that it would take to pay for such an import will actually do that in support of black-owned car companies. But it's very interesting because, again, you shouldn't have to go to a car company every year. You shouldn't have to go to a lawyer or the funeral parlor, God willing, every year or every month or every day. So I do understand if you say, well, those are some of the biggest money income businesses in our community, so we think it's all right to go ask them to give back, especially with the funeral parlor director. Stop letting them just take in. Ask them to give back. We've done that with our festival. We had one of them over the years support our festival with an ad, or at least he said he was going to support, and then we actually went to pick up the check. There was a whole other story to be told. Guess he missed and dropped his checkbook inside one of the plots. But here it is. The plot is thickening around this issue of the cooperative economics of the black community. This issue pertains to greatly mental enslavement and the belief that your own people cannot provide you with high-quality service or high-quality products like someone else can. That is definitely, I travel around the world, and there are businesses that will give you poor service or will give you hostile service, and these people are not, quote, unquote, black people. 
So you need to put a lid on that and actually start supporting the businesses that are within the black community that are professional about the way in which they present themselves, the way in which they teach, their, treat their clientele and their customer base. And that includes when you go to our festivals and events. You should expect that you are treated with respect if you are coming there to support the event. So there should be a level of customer service. There should be a level of quality presented. And we should be able to grow from your feedback regarding the event. However, let's make sure that that is constructive feedback that is on the basis of some consistent support not based on you showing up once, paying $2 or a dollar to get in someplace. And when I'm saying $2 or a dollar, I mean if you pay $10 or less to get into a place, I don't think you should walk in there acting like you are the local inspector and that you've come to criticize everything that happens because maybe people do not have enough economic viability backing their event to have the level of professionals working their event that you would like to see happen there and have there. That's why you should donate early on consistently throughout the year without having to get something back in return. And part of the cooperative economics in the Gullah Geechee Nation was bartering, wherein if you could grow something, I could grow something different, we could exchange those things with each other, therefore not having to outlay cash. If I had a particular service that I could provide, let's say, for instance, landscaping. Today is a very big business within the Gullah Geechee Nation. If I could provide you with landscaping, maybe you could bake the pies that I need throughout the year for various activities that I'm going to have. So we exchange those things instead of outlaying cash. That allows the cash to be utilized to pay our taxes with. That allows the business taxes for the companies. That allows the land taxes for our homes and where the businesses are located to be paid. But when you moved away from a traditional African system of barter and communal support, you moved into a cash-based system of capitalism. We're going to be dealing with a lot more of that on this show as 2015 goes forward because we're going to start taking this journey out of the years that the U.S. Civil War had begun and was fought and enter into a period in our story called Reconstruction. And so, again, we're going to do Sankofa, go back and get, because if one ain't going to know where one are from, one ain't going to know where one are going. And so our ancestors taught us a great deal by how they interacted with one another through bartering, through helping each other build their houses, if they had the skills to go over and help, it just hold a board then if you can't nail a nail straight. They did this. This was part of making sure that folks didn't pay for things when they needed to use that money to support their children, their wives, their families at that time period. And you'd be surprised how much more viability the black community globally would have if we continue to think in that way and truly lived out Ujama cooperative economics, okay? Now, it's interesting that I go back to this book by Dennis Kembrough called The Wealth Choice because it said by thinking differently, by not only serving others, but by adding value. This is how you get to the fifth law of wealth as they have in this book said, if it is wealth that you seek, 
begin to make a difference in the lives of others. This is critical in the Gullah Geechee community because if people did for one another, folks transferred that on. They call it paying it forward in America, pay it forward. You do something for someone just because you can, not because you feel you should get something back. So this goes full circle to showing up to festivals and other fundraisers, and you must get something back, like people having to now have 50 a 100 $200 plate dinners so that someone can go to some place where most of that money gets left there from the rental and the catering and the tablecloths and the service and all of this. But they do all that because in the black community largely, if people simply go around and say we're raising money for this cause, people will not just drop the money into the hat. They'll not just drop it into the bucket. They want something back. They want to eat something. They want a T-shirt. They want a bag. They want some type of item in exchange. Well, then I'm selling you something as opposed to now just raising funds or you contributing because you believe in your own community and what needs to be done. Now, if we go all the way back to the beginning, cooperative economics, and we talk about businesses as well, the sustainability of business does rely on exchange. So we have some outstanding businesses in the Gullah Geechee community. We have Abenas Naturally Geechee. I buy this product because it is Gullah Geechee made. I buy this product because it is natural and so that it's healthy. There's a series of things. There's shampoos. There's moisturizers in different flavors. And we call it flavors because some of them have the names of some traditional things here in the Gullah Geechee community, like gummy bears, y'all, Charleston folks, and things like that. And so we have... This type of product, we also have old-time religion herbs. Brother Quentin Gayton not only goes out and finds the herbs and then prepares them, but also can provide you with knowledge and information on each kind and what it's usually used for. And he also is the person that makes, by hand, crab traps and bait traps. So we can then, again, buy something as a community from someone from our community. I also get things from a Soulful Touch Wellness. Not only do they provide products and teas, Sister Ketnu Nefer herself, the founder and proprietor of the company, goes out and does massages. And as part of that can then also offer you oils and things that you can take back, incense and other products that you can take back to continue a lifestyle change, a, a regimen. And she can be hired and brought into places to present. There are chefs in our community, like Chef Benjamin Dennis. You all will hear me off times on Gullah Geechee TV call him BJ, or Chef BJ, because that's what we call him. He has been flown around the country and has lived in different parts of the world cooking for people, but doing it from a healthy standpoint with an African and Gullah Geechee base of history to what it is that he's cooking for the people and being explanatory about why he cooks it the modern way, why he cooks it the way he does, okay? So here it is that there's no shortage of items in the Gullah Geechee Nation. You don't have to only come here for food. You don't have to only come here looking for a sweetgrass basket. There are cast nets, there are books, there are CDs, there are DVDs, there are artists, there are construction folks, there are architects. There are a plethora of people like myself who are computer scientists 
that can also do other services if we're asked, as opposed to being relegated to, well, I don't support black businesses because black businesses don't thrive. Well, they can't thrive without your support. Or I'm not sure the quality of business I'm going to get, you know, a service I'm going to get, a product I'm going to get. Well, it would take you at least going ahead and investing a couple of dollars first to find that out. And that is what people generally do with all other businesses. So when we talk about cooperative economics, we are talking about the collective unit of people of African descent moving their money around within their own businesses. We're not even bringing in folks outside of the circle. We're just talking about black folks spending money with other black folks. As I've mentioned on this program before, no doubt we'll continue to mention it because it hasn't changed in 20-some years since I heard this. And I heard this as we got closer to Kwanzaa, and we started up a movement years ago called Black Economic Empowerment Month for December wherein we were encouraging people through my organization, the African Cultural Arts Network, and my members did this, to always support black businesses first. Now, I understand if you just cannot find one in your locale at all, but now there's Internet, okay, back then it wasn't, that you could go and at least try to do this first. Go and support the gift shop even at your local black institution, your local nonprofit organization. Go to your senior center like I do on St. Helena Island. People are there making jewelry. I don't need any more jewelry, but I buy jewelry in order to support them, support their cause so that they can have money in their little coffer so that when it's time for them to go on a trip or something, they have it. And, they again, our elders, our seniors don't have to go in their pocketbooks and their wallets to take physical cash out. And, again, you're adding value to people when you do this because they see that what they do matters to you, Okay. Now, again, from the Wealth Choice, it says, wealth is not an amount, a habit, an act, an attitude. Wealth creator committed him, him or herself to do the right thing at the right time, in the right way, and with the right people. Okay? So now, it also says that in short, to be a problem solver and not a problem, to do what needs to be done, never waiting to be told what to do. Well, unfortunately, we realize that some folks do need somebody to tell them that what they're doing is all right, okay? So here it is. It is all right for you to support black businesses. You should not feel guilty in any way because you support businesses that people that look like you own. No one else feels guilty about doing such a thing. You don't feel guilty about going into business with someone that doesn't look exactly like you. I don't. So why not make sure that at least more than $1 of your money is spent there? Because right now, that stat that hasn't changed in 20 years is a one-to-one ratio, meaning $1 in the black community stays in the black community only one time before it goes out of the black community to another community. Other communities have an 11 to 1 ratio, and that means that their money circulates 11 times amongst their own community before a dollar gets spent outside of their community, okay? Now, this is still applying. Many of you who are on our Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook page, I noticed that when I put up the statistics 
for this year and how what they call the wealth gap and the medium income and the value that each black household has in terms of net worth. I ain't get too many likes on it. Didn't see too many shares, which tells me most people didn't read it. Soon as you saw a graph come up, you probably just skipped that one. But if I had a video up of something negative, then, you know, it would be all around. Even some people would have a long discussion because they wonder how come I change and start posting things like that. And I don't blame you for asking such a question because I pray to God I never get to that point. Okay? But now, interestingly enough, and perfectly timed, on before, one minute before I decided to come in the air, I went to try to pull back up that particular posting that I put online and could not pull it up quick enough. So I decided to Google to see what would come up about African American wealth for 2014. And today, on Black Enterprise Wealth for Life, they posted the African American wealth gap quadruples. High income blacks have less wealth than middle class whites. High income blacks have less wealth than middle class whites. The wealth gap between white and African American families has increased more than four times between 1984 and 2007, according to a new study. In addition, middle-income white households now have far more wealth than high-income African Americans. The study released by the Institute on Assets and Social Policy at Brandeis University reported that many African Americans hold more debt than assets, and at least 25% of African American families had no assets to turn to in times of economic hardship. Now, I challenge us, why is it? that we don't have assets to turn to in times of economic hardship because people aren't concerned about doing the things that are going to have added value to other individuals and thereby to the overall community. Because when you contribute to others, they contribute to you. All right, all my Christian folks that's out there, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall man give into your bosom. Didn't say Christ, didn't say the sky, said man shall give into your bosom. That means at some point you have to reap what you sow. If you sow nothing into the lives of others, you sow nothing into the black institutions, you sow nothing into black events, you sow nothing into black businesses, how can we have a harvest coming from this, from any of the above? It takes each of us planting our seeds, somebody watering it, someone keeping the weeds out, which is what I'm trying to do tonight. Get the weeds out so that we can let us have a harvest, a flourishing harvest, so that these kind of statistics and these kinds of articles can stop being published. They've been published over and over, year after year. I can find these kind of articles saying that African-American women's net worth is $6, one $5 bill and one $1 bill or six $1 bills in the U.S., that is insane. We're talking about net worth. That means that your assets outweigh your debt only by $6, okay? So you only own $6, everything else somebody else owns. How about I put it that way? We could stop this if we don't look at this as just a quaint day to celebrate on December the 29th each year for those of us who celebrate Kwanzaa. 
but that we look at it as a mission and a goal. Like I said, I heard people already telling me Happy New Year. Make this a new year starting a day where you take the time out to save, number one, for yourself, and to think about leaving a financial legacy for your next generation, like how our ancestors left us land and left us knowledge of how to continue to create on that land, how to continue to stay established on that land, and how to then build from it. If Honeba has some mother with and thing like that, then ain't no problem. On a know-how for make your money grow, as one of the books that I love say, girl, sister, make your money grow. Plenty of hundred children know how to do this year. But you have to sow a seed for reap some. And so I challenge us tonight, sow some seeds of economic viability within the black community. I challenge us to begin to support our own businesses and not just go around saying, well, it's somebody else's duty job to give to us. Get away due to the horse is what my mom and them used to tell us. But we have to work for what we have. The same way our ancestors worked, the same way our elders worked, it's no different now. We're going to have to work if we want our community to have economic viability. So I pray that today goes beyond just one day of Kwanzaa for you and me and that we truly live Ujamaa and that we have collective, cooperative economics amongst we who be the Gullah Geechee. We be black gold, so let us celebrate that richness. This year the Queen Quet, head upon the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad he hunted tune in one more again to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. Harambe! 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 Harambe!